0: All right, everyone, welcome to the Infinite Loop podcast. I thank you for taking your time to listen today. Today, we have a guest that I've been wanting to talk to for a long, long time because he does something in a different, because usually I'm on social media, like Twitter, or maybe talking about Instagram or LinkedIn, maybe, but he's on Twitch live streaming. So I want to introduce you to Corey Weathers, uh, who's an employee at Twilio. And we can talk about his journey with the live streaming and the community he's built because I've really loved seeing he's doing. So welcome to the show, Corey.
1: Yo, hey, what's up, Will?
0: Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, No problem. Uh, so first, before we get into like the streaming and stuff like that, I want to kind of talk about, uh, you know, your career. Uh, I've met you, you know, last year here in Kansas City at a conference. And uh, I remember you first told me that, you know, you were streaming and things like that. And that was kind of new to me. But really, you know, you're like an OG in the game. I think you've been programming for,
1: is it 15 years? Yeah, it's about 15. Actually, the guy's crazy. It's uh, 17 years now, which is insane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in in that, since you have a long group, you you know, a long, like, lens of seeing what's happened. um, So, like, what is, like, your favorite thing that has changed with this industry as far as, like, specifically like, you know, uh, the programming, like, career feel? Um, and what's probably like your least favorite thing, thing that's changed?
1: Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, um, it, the thing I was just talking about this actually on a call with a friend of mine. Um, the thing that I love that's changed the most is like when I got in programming, program you had to get a degree in order to get any sort of conversation, like not even to get your foot in or just to have a conversation. And I remember like one of my mentors, he went through the ITT route. Right, And this dude, I mean, at the time that I was coming into the industry, like he was pretty well off in the industry. He's still a mentor of mine. Um, But he would tell me like, you know, you can have all the aptitude in the world if you don't have the relationships and you don't have the degree, it's not gonna help you. And and he would then say like, look, I can help get you in, but it'd be a very different path. Again, this was circa 2004, 2005, right? Now it's 2020. And this whole conversation just is different. It's very much not about what credentials do you bring to the table in terms of that paper. So I love that because I think one of the things that I have been in all of my years, I guess now of uh, working in industry has been one of the only, right? Like when you're a black person in the industry, you get used to being the only or one of the only, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why i was so hyped when i seen you at, at uh at the conference <laughs> exactly right because we're, we're, this is what happens oftentimes we're, we're one of the only and sometimes we're the only speaker or the only attendee and it just gets weird um and that this is still a problem is my least favorite but we'll come back to that um but now you know with boot camps becoming more accessible with uh, the internet and video becoming a much, interest, much more interesting channel to share content, to connect with people, to sort of democratize how people learn. Um, that to me is like my favorite thing. So at the end of the day, I don't need to spend you know, however many thousands of dollars to get the bachelor's if I wanna succeed. And the path is less difficult than it was before. Still difficult, but less than before. I think on the other side is my least favorite is damn, we still one of the only's (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, I, I got excited today. I was hanging out on um, Taylor Alexis's uh, Twitch stream. um, And I just thought that was, it was so cool to see another Brown face streaming. And I do hang out on a number of Twitch streams just to like support other streamers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, streaming can be a very isolating thing if you're not growing your audience, if, you don't know how to connect with the developers or the, uh, the targeted audience that you want to. Um, and so, I've been doing it virtually. Of course, these days and times, you know, we've had to restrict our movement. But yeah. Even when we were doing events in real life, to still be one of the only is is a problem for me. Yeah. Um, and so, it does raise a lot of questions around bias and how the system is set up and how hiring happens and you know, are people set up to grow all this other stuff? I, I don't care as much about the questions as much as I care about the fact that yet we're still one of the only. Yeah,
0: I definitely agree with that. So um, do you feel like, though, it's gotten better over the time? Or does it look as the same?
1: You know, th- this is interesting. I I tend to think that It is one of those boulders that's moving incredibly slowly and has yet to pick up speed. Okay, yeah. I am not the guy that celebrates when a company says, here are our diversity metrics. Guess what? They look the same as they did last year. Because last year they were terrible. And this year (laughs) they're probably terrible, right? Like, I don't think that's the right way to do this. Um, But I understand why people have asked for that transparency because it wasn't there before, right? So it, this is one of those things where I'm kind of like, I'll take the double-edged sword, but I'm not happy about the fact that I have to, mm-hmm. because I think, I, I don't think it's gotten materially better, mm. but I do think there are some really smart people trying to figure out how to make it better, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my yeah. take on it. <laughs> okay. I
0: mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I mean, yeah, even I say, in real life, you know, at the, you know, some of the stuff I do is kind of the the same way. So I try to like, you know, when I do see someone, I definitely like, you know, try to reach out, you know, be a mentor and, you know, give any tips and introduce them to people and things like that. So, you know, hopefully in another 15 years, you know, that boulder can get moving a little
1: faster. Well, but but this is why I love like video. You like you talked about me live streaming and, you know, I talked a lot about video democratizing things. But it's, it's crazy to me to see the development that's coming out of places like um, Nigeria, or you know, uh, even when I look towards some of the folks uh, in the Bay Area who are thinking about how to create different types of programs to support more uh, black and brown faces in tech, mm. right? Like, I, I think that to me starts to feel like, okay, we're gonna come at this from a couple of different angles. And everyone's going to have their own spin on it. And hopefully there will be like two or three that bubble up to the top so that, you know, the next 15 years, it really looks a lot more progressive when it comes to this type of a thing than otherwise. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully. Um, I'm definitely going to try to, you know, do my part, get involved in many things as I can and you know, encourage as many people as I can as well. Because I think that's, you know, one thing that stops people is they don't see people who look like them. So that kind of even not even trying to, but it just subconsciously puts you in a mindset of maybe this isn't for me.
1: Uh So I want to, you know, help stop that from happening. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, I mean, it's just like the, the Twitter effect, right? When you can't, to help change the conversation if you're not a part of the conversation in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so the next thing I wanted to ask you before we got into your uh, streaming is so now you work for Twilio, uh, which is, I guess we, we considered a, a startup, uh, you know, in, in, t- in tech terms, you uh, know, they've been around for forever, but it's considered a startup. Um, and then you also used to work for Microsoft, which is like, you know, a more established, uh you know been around the block type of company. Um so how is that uh difference uh for you and which if you do prefer one which one would it be?
1: Oh man, I learned so many different types of lessons from both companies. Um I I would say Twilio well well wait so I gotta step back because the people at Twilio would be like, no you gotta correct the record. Twilio's (laughs) a startup we're publicly traded we've been on the public market for I think uh like three or four years now um but i love that you said that because i think that's the perception that a lot of developers have and i think in 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 a lot of cases it leads to some really good and positive empathy from developers um and i'll talk a little bit about why that is but uh back to the question you know microsoft before i went to microsoft i worked for the irs um as a developer and when you work for the federal government, at least in the US, you learn a lot about not only bureaucracy, but how bureaucracy gets in the way of innovation sometimes. And you start to think, like when I went back to Microsoft, I was like, man, I can't wait to get out of this madness and speed things up and really learn and be inspired by folks. And while all of those things were true, over time, I just became jaded. Um, And over time, it, it didn't work for me for what I wanted in my career. Um, but I learned so much about how you run a company of that size.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, when I left, they tried to keep their employee numbers at like a hundred thousand. I want to say they got like 140,000 employees today. Like, wow. It is a really big corporation and there's a reason why they are like wildly successful. And it isn't all because enterprise companies are giving them money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the flip side, like b- between my time at Microsoft and my time at Twilio, I worked for a really small company in the Bay. And then I went to Twilio and one of the things that I continue to remember about Twilio was when you go into that small sort of company of uh, small environment, it legitimately forces you to think a bit more strategically, a bit more uh, resource constrained, a bit more, not so much scrappy, but like what parts of this can you take on on your own? And Mm. what parts of this do you think you need help with? And if you think you need help, what is the help that you like very specifically want so that you can check specific boxes? And, and over my time at both companies, like I had a bunch of different jobs. So that's the other lens on this that gets really interesting. It's like, I've, I've never been paid to be a professional software developer. And I am actually super proud of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think I, I learned very quickly early on when I was in college that being a professional developer, being paid to literally build product and ship features was not a thing that excited me. I enjoy writing code. I enjoy sharing that with other people, and so you know, going through the process of um, of um, uh, cleaning up the backlog, of building out features, and trying to set out timelines and estimate that sort of stuff, I can do it. But that's not the thing that wakes me up and gets me excited to get going through the day. It's the reason why I love being the developer evangelist because mm-hmm. yeah, I still get to write code every single day. And I get a ship code every single day, but it's under very different constraints and guidelines. Yeah.
0: So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Uh, well, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe we were talking uh, last year. You said that Twilio Quest was your thing, right?
1: Yeah. So at Twilio, we um, <laughs> our team is is literally trying to work as an evangelism team. Uh, we're challenged with inspiring and equipping developers to build the future of communications. Now, evangelism is very much like what I would call the public face of the company to the developer community, period. Mm -hmm. We have some peer teams as well. We have a developer voices team, a developer education team. Um, I always forget the developer education team's mission, but the, the, the developer education team owns the onboarding experience for every single developer that ever starts at hey, I think I want to use Twilio to mm-hmm. I've shipped a product and it's now in production and I need to support it. And so they realized as a result of um just some of the data that they collected and some of the feedback that they've gotten, that people really don't like onboarding to new APIs. Like it's <laughs> such a terrible experience. And if yeah. you think about it, it really is. Like it's go get this key, go read all this documentation and maybe you'll figure out how this thing works. Yeah, pretty much. So we decided, like, as a team, what if we made it fun? And so uh, the developer education team built out something called Twilio Quest, which is now our 16-bit choose-your-own-adventure way to learn how to, one, code, but two, also code with Twilio. Um, and you do it by saving the cloud from the legacy communication systems, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> but I think it's phenomenal because who else would come up with something like this?
2: Exactly.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure I'll uh, link that in the description for anybody who wants to play that and, uh, you know, get familiar with Twilio. Um, so I, uh, so I wanted to, uh, pivot to, you know, talking about, uh, the streaming and everything like that. Cause when, when you first told me about streaming, um, I only knew it from like gaming. I really think that you were the first person I've heard said they stream code. So I was like, what? Like, I was like, really like interested in that. So, um, you know, what kind of like gave you the inspiration to do that?
1: Um, so there were a few sources. Um, one is, um, so it's funny to hear you say that I was one of the first, cause I learned streaming from three people in particular. One is mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jeff Fritz, who's over at Microsoft now. He's a senior program manager there, or principal program manager there. Um, the second is Suze Hinton, an- another famous, super famous developer online does some phenomenal work, and she streams every Sunday still to this day. Uh, And the third is uh, Brent Schooley, who's over at Twilio, um, who has been a member of the Twitch community, has streamed games, done charity streams, really understands the AV side of streaming in a way that Mm -hmm. very few do. And I, like, I saw them and I was intimidated. (laughs) I got to (laughs) be real real honest. I was super intimidated, not because they were so good, but because I felt like I was so bad right mm-hmm. like as a streamer you spend a ton of time especially when you're streaming code one writing code live and i don't know about you if you ask a developer hey how comfortable would you feel about how comfortably would you feel about writing this code live the mass majority of them would be like no i'm good thank you <laughs>
0: yeah exactly it, it's stressful even simple stuff you're like uh how, how do you spell function
1: Exactly, <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, we all have these moments, right? Like I'm definitely not the perfect developer. <laughs> and so I think one of the things that I really found um, sort of like curious around streaming is like, well, what if I did shed that layer of vulnerability, right? Like mm-hmm. what if we did just light the camera up and just start talking code? Um, the other side to this is uh, in this time that uh, I've been at Twilio, I've now moved across the country and uh, i moved from california to the state of pennsylvania uh in support of my family and being an evangelist in part is about showing up at events and speaking and more specifically serving developers where they are it's incredibly hard to do that while also trying to make sure i show up as the father that i want to be right to Mm -hmm. my children um and so one of the things that I had been really looking for was an opportunity to change the way I serve developers because the work that we do is in service to developers. So, um, streaming gave me an opportunity to be more present at home in a way in which I wanted to, while at the same time continuing to connect with developers around the world in a way that wasn't possible before because reality is like now I'm talking to developers who come from the UK, from Germany, from Russia, from, uh, Brazil, Versus before, I could really only serve developers that I could get to within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. So I loved those two sides of it. And one day I lit up the camera and it was terrible, <laughs> <laughs> as I think every first stream is. Yeah. Um, and it just progressively got less terrible. And then all of a sudden it started getting better and really good. And people would say, oh my God, you look so polished i be like, man. Let me tell you about how much practice. Good God. <laughs> yeah, got to put the reps in. Yeah, man. I think, uh,
0: I think that I, I've, I never watched Rick and Morty, but I remember like I seen a clip, and it was like the first step to being good at something is sucking at something. So, you know, <laughs> if you're thinking about streaming, like, don't let being like everybody's bad. Like, even if you if you probably see, you know, the first time LeBron James picked with basketball, it was probably terrible. You know, yeah, so. Yeah but now you know we see the polished version
1: the other thing too as you say that that's actually super interesting that i completely undervalued and i still think i undervalue is the streaming community itself because as you said like there's such an overwhelming number of game streams and like to put this in context because i don't think a lot of people understand this Last year, I looked at the data um, to help understand the size of this opportunity from a company mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. I think close to, if not more than 1 billion hours streamed or viewed, no, 1 billion hours viewed was gaming on mm-hmm. Twitch. Now, Twitch is a platform that's owned by Amazon. Like it took them a good bit to get to the point where they grew such that, you know, Amazon would be curious enough to pay the amount of money that they did for them. Um, yeah. But to be in a place where in 2019, a billion hours of content viewed is gaming, like that is amazing. Yeah. So I then start to ask, well, what if you just took 1% of that and turned that into comp- programming? Yeah. Well, now here goes an interesting opportunity, right? And so I think, you know, as you talk to other streamers who have some of the same sort of desire, passion, um, and really intention, you'll then start to find a bit of a supportive community. So as you run into problems in your stream, they'll help you out. As you uh, wanna increase the size of your audience, they'll do things like bring their audience to you, Mm -hmm. or they'll suggest that you become a part of conversations on streams, where you get to talk to people who you wouldn't normally talk to. And so now there's this whole community that's sort of taking care of itself to ensure that the community continues to grow. I completely like missed this entire part of it. Like I never saw this. I don't think anyone else would see this unless you were. A part <laughs> of it. So it's one of these things where I'm, I'm blessed because of that as well.
0: Yeah. That is definitely one of like the best parts. And something I was actually going to ask you about too, just because, you know, I hang out and, you know, people stream just to, you know, show support, say hi and stuff like that, you know, and then like, you'll notice, you know, the same people in different streams and, like I said, people in there giving tips. I was in this one stream and somehow, man, it was a person in there like typing whole code, like in the chat. I mean, he had the brackets, the, yeah. the arrow functions. I mean, like, <laughs> how are you doing this in the chat? Like, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, you really like get people who are willing to help out. So that's like, um, really, really cool. Um, so I want to ask you, like, since you uh, started streaming, like has anything else like uh like cool happened like have you got like any like opportunities that you probably would have missed out on if it wasn't for the streaming like did anything happened like particularly re- particularly re- related to streaming
1: that uh like you know gave you a boost somewhere else yeah there's two things that happen that um they still they don't like boggle my mind but they they amaze me because they also kind of remind me that like No, I'm actually pretty decent at this. (laughs) The first is, um, I got asked to keynote a conference, to be a keynote speaker at a conference based off of videos that people had watched from me streaming. Mm. And I was like, wow, like that's, whoa, like I I had never, let me take a step back. I've spoken at conferences before. (laughs) I've never been a keynote speaker at a conference. I put a lot of deference to that role because i think yeah. the keynote really helps to shape a conference attendee's experience, right? Yeah, for sure. And so one of the things that i think about a lot is this idea that like streaming will help you sort of get to a point where you get significantly better not only at describing code, but just at public speaking, mm-hmm. at connecting with people in a way that is super authentic and incredibly engaging and really captivates them to want to come back. Yeah. On the other side, um, and now, so now I'll flip to the second opportunity. We'll talk about yeah. the other side of this, which is I do a stream for Code Newbies that we used to call Zero to Hero. We're now calling it File Newbie. Um, there's a whole story behind it, but I won't get too into it. <laughs> um, but uh, I do that stream for Code Newbies and I was invited uh, by um, a coding bootcamp to come and give a talk based on the same stuff that we cover mm-hmm. in what used to be Zero to Hero to help their students gain confidence when trying to land jobs. And I'll tell you why I'm, that one's like one that stands out to me is because I genuinely believe similarly to how like you and I were talking about this notion of like before of like how you have to give back and mentor and coach in these ways. I genuinely believe, especially as a person of color. That if you're not doing that, if you're not trying to bring someone with you, then you're missing out on something that you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just doing it as a part of my day job. So I'm blessed in that, right? I ain't saying people need to go bear that tax Mm because it is a tax. But I am saying if it's something that appeals to you where you're in a role such that you can appeal to the masses, take advantage of it, do it in a way where you can help people come on up with you. And so that was one. It was incredibly, um, I, I just, I still feel really honored to have been asked because I think any chance I get to get in front of developers in person or virtually is um, an opportunity to spend time with them that they would have otherwise spent someplace else. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those are things, whether being a keynote speaker or getting in front of a, a new audience, a younger audience um, in this respect, uh, both of those are things that continue to just tell me like, hey, we're onto something. Corey, you're doing mm-hmm. a good job. Yeah, yeah. Continue doing what you're doing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I've definitely, like, you know, seen uh, your growth. You know, I hang out in there, you know, when I can uh, <laughs> to say what's up. But, yeah, yeah. Like, seen which I appreciate, the by the way. <laughs> um, of course, man. Like I so said, you was, like, the first, like, there's a lot of people who do it now, but, like, you were, like, the first person I've uh, heard doing it, With like, really having interest interested. Like, what if, what is what is he doing I'm just like he's just coding. like so, <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know I'm happy to see that you know you stuck with it and you know you've gotten uh opportunities um uh, and everything like that um so <clears throat> so for the you know they so for the keynote basically they said you said they asked you right
1: yeah or- they they reached out to me and they said, um, they asked me if I wanted to be considered as a, a list of uh, the speakers that they were, you know, having a look at mm-hmm. uh, to come out in keynote. And I said, absolutely. I said, you know, the talk that I would want to give is very much around this, how you use live streaming to uh, kind of change your profile. And, mm-hmm. you know, in these days and times now of coronavirus, that talk has to change quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so I do plan to, I have a direction I'm going to take it in, which I'm really excited about because, uh, if all goes well, this event may happen virtually come July. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side to this is, uh, you know, they said, hey, we want to consider you. And I was like, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to turn them down. Like, yeah, for you sure. Know, you, streaming is one of those things where it just kind of puts new layers of that S on your chest. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't say no, right? Don't take yourself no, out of conversations. <laughs> So that was a blessing in itself as well, and I um I I'm looking forward to when we can deliver that talk and have some fun with it. Cool,
0: man! I definitely hope I can uh make it to that. Be dope to you know see it live. Like that's probably one of my like favorite things. And this is like for the people listening too. Like like I said, I I seen Corey like somewhat from the beginning and seen now that he's going to be giving a keynote that I could hopefully speak at. So like for the people who might want to do that, like that could be, you know, you too, like, you're probably going to start out, you're probably not going to be good, but you know, and it, and honestly it hasn't even been a whole year cause we met in June.
2: Yeah. You know? That's right. So yeah, <laughs> not even a whole year later, you're
0: giving keynotes. So like that could definitely be you. Um, so the last question I want to ask regarding to the streaming. Um, so as far as like, you know, you've been doing it for a while, you have some great opportunities, is there anything that, you know, you regret or wish that you could change with the uh, streaming journey or is you, you know, you happy the way everything came? No,
1: nah, man. The one thing I, I would say this streaming is hard, um, not because streaming is hard, but because it takes <laughs> a lot out of you,
2: mm-hmm. right? Like
1: it, it requires you to be on in a way that you just may not be comfortable with. One of the things that I still get wrong to this day is like knowing when to turn the camera off.
2: Mm -hmm. um
1: so i actually just put a tweet out today and i said look you know after taking some time off i'm finally lighting back up today was my first stream back in i think about two and a half weeks separate a one-off stream i did um Mm -hmm. i think it was about two and a half weeks um so i the one thing that i would do differently is just give myself more uh patience and more grace to say like it's okay to not turn the camera on today Mm-hmm. Um cuz now like before now I was streaming 3 days out the week 2 hours at a time each stream and mm-hmm. then sometimes I would do a pop-up stream. So you're easily talking about, you know, at least 6 to 8 hours which is a full day's worth of work yeah, in one sure. whole day. Um I mean I you know, I was about to say a bad word but it, <laughs> that gets stressful real quick, man. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I that's the one thing I would say. I think the other thing is, you know, it's the vulnerability. Like, don't be afraid to go to that place um, where you can say, I don't know. Mm. I, I, it's something that I'm learning how to do on stream as well. Like, I just do a really bad job at it now. Even still. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know why that didn't work that way. Hold on. Let me take a break real quick. We'll be right back. Right? Like, <laughs> sometimes you do. <laughs> you just say, I don't know. Yeah, here's a word from our sponsors. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier today, when I'm trying this thing out too, where like, because sometimes I got to shout out Twilio because we do it, I do it for work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, we got to pay some bills. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I start bringing in all the Twilio things. People are like, oh, it's that time. I guess he didn't figure it out yet. <laughs> hey,
0: well, that's yeah. cool that they, they, at least they know what to expect because that's part of the community that you've built. So that, that's cool. Um, so, I mean, this will come to the, uh, near the end of the interview. So first I would like to, uh, ask people or ask people who come, you know, you know, share, you know, where people can find you, where's the best places you want people to reach you at.
1: Mm -hmm. That's Um, Twitter share that Twitter. Yeah. Twitter.com slash L. weathers. Um, you can find me there or you can find me on Twitch at, uh, twitch.tv slash CL w that's d-u-b-y-a i love that right um and then uh uh if you find me on linkedin i will always always respond to messages may take me a while but i always respond to every message i get on linkedin that's what's up
0: Yeah, I, I remember when I first uh, seen it. I, I was like, "Is it Clubia? Like your your Twitch name?" But I was like, "Oh, his last name is Weathers. It's W." Yeah. Okay.
1: So, funny story. Most people on Twitch don't get it right. It's hilarious. Where I took it from was um, uh, Will Ferrell used to do a crazy impression of uh, George W. Bush. And oh, so, okay. I, I was like, man, I just love the way he says W, G-W. <laughs> so, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do C-W. But C-W was taken. So I was like, all right, C-L-W, done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would make sense, man. Will Ferrell's crazy. Yeah, he is. So, wow. <laughs> uh, so so the next thing I wanted to ask before we uh, wrap up the uh, podcast is – is there anything like, you know, that you have coming or you're working on or or even anything like outside of tech related um, that you're doing that you're excited about?
1: Oh, man, this is like, OK, OK, so I could go on and on for this. I'm not going to do <laughs> it like tech related. I have to actually finally get my website. Up. I've been terrible at that. I own the domain. I just have not deployed the website. So I'm going to fix it CW dot CW.com? So it is um, CLW.com. And then I have CoreyWeathers.com. It's going to be one of the two. Um, Okay. But, uh, so there's that. But then the other side is non-tech related. So I've been, um, I, I love to cook. I have always loved to cook. And, these days and times of coronavirus obviously you have us in the house and of course <laughs> everyone has taken to baking bread so i am not baking bread <laughs> i'm cooking everything else so i've always learned i've known how to make fresh pasta for years i've known how to cook amazing fish and chicken and beef dishes for a long time um i actually was vegetarian actually <laughs> um so one of the things i'm working on now is getting together a collection of recipes because the thing i keep thinking about is like i want to share this with my kids my daughter loves to cook with me and she's always like daddy when are we going to do this when are we going to do that as as we're cooking together Mm -hmm. so i want to get together a collection of recipes and i want to get that on my website and and just take a completely different spin lovely pictures nice recipes good times with the family i think it'll be a ton of fun that's my personal project for 2020 slash 2021 I have no idea when it's going to launch, but it's my personal <laughs> project. <laughs> hey, but th- you
0: know what? That'll be cool, though. Plus, you know, that'll be something they can have later. Like, maybe you can even, like,
1: get it, you know, printed out or something, too. Yep. That'll well, and this, cool. is, this is exactly it. I said that to my sister. Like, we should just take as many of the family recipes that we remember and just collect them and have fun with them.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's my next sort of big project to, to get a little bit more me out there. Okay. That's dope. I like that. I I can't wait to
0: see that. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being a guest. It was a definitely informative uh, conversation. I hope everybody else learned something too. Don't be afraid. Get yourself out there. You know, me and Corey will support you. Absolutely. Uh, All right. So, man, thank you so much, man. Have a good one. Dude, thank you for having me. No problem at all.